Collateral Creatives was created and hosted by XN Radio. If you wish to get in touch with either me or Austin, feel free to leave us an email at ccmoody22 at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and requests for future episodes, so we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your listenership and enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the season finale of season two of Collateral Creatives. <laughs> I'm your host, Austin Murphy, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Cheyenne Wyatt. And this is the show where we did go into content that that may or may not be Christian so that we could find an aspect or characteristic of God in his gospel, but that time is coming to a close once again. So we have to go out with a bang, I would say. Uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> I don't have I don't have an analogy or a bridge to that topic. I was gonna come up with something clever. You should make it Sonic if you're gonna make an analogy. Sonic? Yeah, you Sonic it. Oh, the Sonic screwdriver. Okay. <laughs> In this room are two people. One of them watches Doctor Who. The other one has roughly seen about half of the first season. Can you guess who it is? <laughs> it's not the man. It is the man. <laughs> so, you the man. <laughs> so, um, yes, we wanted to go out with a little bit of a more fun episode because we've had a lot of uh, kind of controversial and rough episodes. Uh, talking about things like, you know, global corporations that run the world and video games that may or may not depict Jesus coming off the cross and beating people up. So, like, we wanted to get something a little bit gentler for our finale. Less violent? Less violent. Uh, I, I don't know. There's still some violent aspects. And, I mean, season to... one Doctor Who, from my experience, is a little bit rough around the edges. Well, yeah, because that was, like, its comeback for uh, new Doctor Who. We're... We're going to be talking about, like, New Who, not the old classic series today. I don't think anybody remembers the old series. Excuse you. Anyone who is not, <laughs> anyone who doesn't know anything about Doctor Who had no idea that there was a series in the 60s first. <laughs> or if you're British. Uh, British, yeah. Yeah, so today we're sticking to the series, like, reboot that began in 2005. 2005? <laughs> Uh, He's going to check. I now. am going to check. You are right. 2005. <laughs> uh, uh, produced by BBC Wales. Yeah. with And that started off with Eccleston, who, when you were counting doctors, is technically number nine. Yeah. And so we're going to refer to them by their numbers. At least I am. He's probably going to be confused. No, I, I'll, I'll, I at least somewhat understand who they are. And also, during the actual shows, don't they also represent them as their number at some point or another? Or we just uh, count them like this? No. Uh, this is just how fans keep track of it, really. Okay. Uh, he's only ever really called the doctor in the show. Like, gotcha. Doctor. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. In a fun British accent. Or the war doctor one time. Yes. Um, <laughs> he messed with the counting so much. There were debates. <laughs> but he was still called the doctor. Mm -hmm. We just refer to him as the war doctor because 
he again messed up the counting. Uh, well, uh, there is a great deal of reason behind why we wanted to go into Doctor Who as our as our season finale. Um, first of all, because of how big the series is and how, I would say, ridiculously deep it is. Yeah, again, we're only looking at a small portion <laughs> of the lore because we're starting at number nine. Yeah. So nine, 10, 11, 12. There's 13 right now. And speaking yeah. of which, <laughs> we're going to use the pronoun he, even though the current doctor is a she. Um, the current doctor is a farce. <laughs> you haven't even watched. I already all know it. I already know. If listen, if my, if my best friend back home who watches Doctor Who religiously feels betrayed by the TV show watching this new season, I have uh-huh. to assume that there's something wrong. She hasn't regenerated yet, has she? I'm not I'm, currently I'm, up to date. According according to Wikipedia, uh, no, uh, there is still the thirteenth Doctor okay. who has gone. On from 2018 to now, yes, which is the one of the longest running uh, doctors aside from David Tennant, who went five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not even going to count the originals because the original one of the originals made it. Actually, they actually Four. didn't go that long. Most of them didn't make it past yeah. two. So yeah, David Tennant, congratulations! Five years as the doctor. Uh, <laughs> Baker, who played four, uh, he's one of the longest. Also five. So, well, actually, no, that's six. No, seven. That's Mm -hmm. seven. Yeah, that's seven. He made it seven years as the the doctor. So, yeah, I don't I don't think Jodie is going to be making it that long. Um, If she does, then someone's not listening to fans. (laughs) It's been a kind of controversial time in the who fandom. And by kind of, we mean very. Depending on who you ask. Anyway, <laughs> for the sake of this podcast, we're using he, him pronouns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what about Doctor Who do you think ties in really well with this whole discussion of finding God in places that we normally wouldn't expect to find him? This is going to sound a little bit weird. Sick. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> but... I think there's ways that you can use the relationship between the doctor and humans as illustrations for the relationship between God and humans. Okay. Which could be somewhat dangerous. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it's not going to be a perfect illustration, obviously, because the doctor still has a lot of flaws. Yeah. But the doctor has an immense amount of power mm-hmm. um, to the point where he seems pretty in control of the situation at all times. He has knowledge that everyone else in the situation doesn't have and that gives him the ability to make choices that benefit people without them realizing how it's going to benefit them. So this is an example of how the doctor could be like a a type or an analogy for God yeah, is that he'll do something and the companions are like, um, why are you doing that? (laughs) And they just have to trust that the doctor is making a good choice because he knows the situation. He knows how time works. He 
knows the timeline because mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with Doctor Who, this isn't going to make sense. But um, the show is about jumping around in history and just to <laughs> kind of like concisely put it. And so the doctor's traveled all over the place. He knows a bunch of different cultures. He knows so much of the world. And so the human knowledge is so finite that he his knowledge compared to theirs is just immeasurable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that trust that humans have to have when it comes to interacting with the doctor is a very interesting thing. And again, the doctor isn't perfect. Sometimes he abuses their trust and that's where we get the plot of the show in some episodes. Yeah. But there are times where it's like, hey, that's how it works with us and God. Um, There's also the aspect of the doctor chooses humans out of all of space and time and all of the different species and races and planets, he chooses to spend his time with humans Mm -hmm. and he chooses to love them. And the show also, not consistently, but there are times where it explores the doctor's power yeah, and how the doctor chooses to be good. And that's actually a pretty big theme. And so the doctor chooses to be good. He chooses to be kind. That's part of why he's called the doctor mm-hmm. is because he's made this promise to never be cruel and to always be kind, um, never eat pears. (laughs) (laughs) And there are times when it, the show reminds us that, you know, he's a really powerful being like time Lords, what the doctor is. Yeah. These aliens who have two hearts, these aliens who have the ability to control the time vortex and jump through time and kind of rip open the universe. (laughs) Um, And in some cases go to parallel worlds and do all of these other crazy things who have all of these powers and knowledge. They could really mess things up. Mm -hmm. There's an episode specifically that I'm thinking of with 10 where he's just lost one of his companions. I'm not, I'm going to try to keep stuff vague in case you want to go and watch the show. We don't want to cause spoiler territory for our (laughs) fans today. It's the season finale. It's supposed to be relaxing. I know that's why I'm trying not to do anything super spoilery and keep it vague. But like, this is a really good example of the concept that I'm getting at where in this episode, he's just lost one of his companions, and the doctor gets really emotionally invested in the people that journey and travel with him. And so he's just lost someone, and the way that he loses them is very rough because he kind of do had to do it in a forceful way because it was more a, I have to make this choice for you for your own benefit. And he's at this point lost several people. And then he's alone, and the doctor doesn't do well when he's alone. That's why he travels with people. And again, that's not a perfect representation of God, because God 
would do fine if he was alone because he's a trinity and so it gets a little weird but and there never really truly can be a perfect yeah. representation of god in any form of media if we can be <laughs> honest about that yeah so keeping in mind that like the doctor has flaws and so this isn't going to be perfect but um this is an example of how like god could be very scary if he chose not to love yeah the doctor goes and the there's this whole episode where there's this colony and um, stuff happens there <laughs> to keep things less spoily. Colony things happened on the colony, of course. The scary alien things. Oh, that happens quite frequently, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. And he, there's lots of explosions um, as he chooses who to save and who not to save. And he does it in a way that is very different from what he usually does because usually he tries to maintain and respect the timeline like you can't save people who wouldn't normally get saved yeah um so we don't create paradoxes and this time he's just like eh <laughs> like i don't care <laughs> we're mm -hmm. gonna save who i want to save I have all the power. It is mine to control. And he really messes up some stuff. And um, yeah, it's like a very bleak episode. Yeah. Because of like, oh, wow, he's really lost it. And he's really scary. Like, I think that's one of the few episodes where it's like, the doctor's a very scary being yeah one thing that i i really enjoy about the whole concept of doctor who and this is actually this plays in rather well with the whole very rough analogy of doctor who being a a good representation for some some of the characteristics of god at least is the fact that he appears to be extremely weak and mortal but then he carries a lot of power mm -hmm. it's just really hard to see the power that he has sometimes because I, I admit, in the limited amount of time that I've watched Doctor <laughs> Who through season one, I've sat back and I'm like, how is this guy going to save anything? He's one dude with a screwdriver. I don't know. It's Sonic, though. He I don't it. see a blue hedgehog anywhere. I just see the one screwdriver that does a weird little ting thing, whatever it is. It's like a <laughs> <laughs> So... That sort of stuff is what I really appreciate, just because I'm, especially these days where pretty much all of our heroes are these sort of beyond life sort of characters, except for, I guess, Moon Knight. Moon Knight just came out like this past week, and that's that's pretty sick. There's some pretty sick stuff going on in that <laughs> show. Um, but the whole crossover between I am a, I'm a mortal looking dude and I have the power of everything i mean yeah th that adds on to the analogy rather well uh even with the imperfections it's still something rather interesting and in why we're talking about it today yeah and the choosing to be good yeah um because god he is good yeah there's, no, there's no choice involved yeah like he just is but if you think about it, like, God could mess things up. He could. He very well could. And I mean, there are times where, like, righteously, he does. Yep, the whole city burned to ash. Although we don't actually know if it was, like, a pillar of fire, if it was a giant explosion. Who knows what it was? <laughs> but Just eat all of the things <laughs> down from heaven. Just get rid of it. So, 
um, before we get too deep into the theological stuff, there's a lot to the background of Doctor Who and course collateral creatives we like to talk about theology and all of that but we also like to give acknowledgement to the people who came in and made everything the way that mm-hmm. it is um fascinatingly enough there might be some of you of some of you have never heard of doctor who or if you have you didn't know that there was a show before the show was a thing a show before the show yeah exactly uh and and yes the show did actually first air in 1963 uh it was a wild idea at first especially for a 1963 tv show which is Mm. why the aliens that they fought looked the way that they do because (laughs) it's not like they had a cgi budget or cgi at all (laughs) that's why like the daleks have a plunger (laughs) yeah it just it's it's so funny and i and honestly i do love uh talking to certain people who watch doctor who and, and pointing out that it's a plunger because some of them take it personally <laughs> it's like no like they'll explain what the real lore of it is i'm like i, I don't think you heard me yeah, it's, a it's a plunger it's a plunger <laughs> if i remember correctly they stuck a plunger in that little socket there <laughs> yeah and i think they had people inside who would like do the movements and stuff yeah but it's it's the same concept as r2d2 they just stuff a dude in a trash can and start moving the, uh, the little things around <laughs> articulation and such yeah um, now, what's interesting is that, yeah, 13 actors have played the Doctor so far. Now, the concept behind that is that the Doctor is one being that can regenerate when they die. So it's not a death death. It's a, I, oh, no, I'm dead. Time to restart the cycle. Yeah. And that's a trait that all Time Lords, Time Ladies share. Do you know why? No. Okay. So the first actor, Hartnell. Yes. He, I like how you confirmed. I had to look down at the laptop. I don't know these things. I only know of Eccleston. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I can name all of them, but I can name several. Anyway, Hartnell, he was the first one. Like, he's number one in the classic series. And when he was hired for the part... He, first off, was the oldest actor to ever play the Doctor until, um, sorry, not Christopher, Peter Capaldi um, had a birthday while he was playing the Doctor. So then he became the oldest. Um, So anyway, he was old, Mm -hmm. respectfully. (laughs) Um, And he also had health issues. And so they were worried he was going to die after a certain point because like he was healthy when they first hired him yeah but then he started getting sick yeah and they were like this does not bode well for this show and its longevity and they're like but wait we have an alien yeah (laughs) we can make the rules Mm -hmm. and so they had him regenerate and change his face yep and and the way that the regeneration works by the way it's not like he gets into a tube and then comes out and he's different it's pretty much like on the spot as he's dying there's a big burst of light and heat energy yeah it's a it's a it's a massive every single cell like changes yeah and then after the the transformation it's a new actor and i mean it's pretty slick sometimes i think the i think the one that i thought was super super clean was uh david tennant when he transformed david tennant into matt smith yeah yeah i thought that was pretty sick 
sad, but pretty sick. <laughs> Sorry. Did the like big sigh like It was super it was something? one of the saddest ones because of his last words. But it was Have still Have you seen the other takes for that? The other ta- I didn't know there were other takes. No. Yeah. Did he cry? <laughs> <laughs> There's one where he's like <laughs> on the verge of tears. <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't do that one. Um, yeah, everyone would have been broken, breaking down. Yeah, like they did the like correct balance <laughs> of like moist eyes and yeah. but still holding it together. Mm-hmm. And so the show has had its longevity for that reason. And I mean, it, even though we have this new Doctor Who series, it's not really much of like a a, a big jump because it it went from we had we had William Hartnell in 1963 to 1966. Then we had the transition to Patrick Troughton in from 1960. Trotton. One of those two. Yeah. I'll, I'll butcher things. Don't you worry about it. Uh, 1966 <laughs> to wrong. 1969. John Pertwee from 1970 to 1974. Tom Baker from 1974 to 1981. Peter. He's one of the most popular ones. He's I'm, the one with the iconic scarf. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I see. Even I know that stuff. I think they actually featured him. There's there's a show epic rap, epic rap battles of history that mm-hmm. had a Doctor Who episode, uh, and I think they had his character pop up. Peter Davison from 1982 to 1984. Mm, Colin Baker. What? There's one doctor who had um, celery in his lapel pin thing. Like just an actual stalk of celery? Yeah, it was either five or seven, I think. I'm certain that they don't explain why. (laughs) Um, They might. I don't know. Colin Baker from 1984 to 1986. Sylvester McCoy from 1987 to 1989. Paul McGann from 1996. And that's it. And then the show stopped. And then it came back just a little under 10 years later with yeah. Christopher Eccleston. Um, in technically, 8 was a movie, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. That sucks. That would be really unfortunate. You're <laughs> like, I'm going to be the doctor. You're going to get one movie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I don't know for sure. Some of my lore for lore knowledge for the classic series is not the best because I haven't watched all of it. I mean, the classic series clearly did have a pretty long run, though. That that was roughly uh, like 33 years. Yeah, well, and 36. annoyingly frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lost episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> because, like, it was during that time period where they just, like, didn't archive things. Mm-hmm. It would just, like, go to the bottom of the clipping floor after they filmed it or they just like wouldn't keep it because it was like ah we're done with this show let's like uh, get rid of uh, Mm -hmm. all of this stuff or I think there might have even been a fire involved at one point just because like it was like so old like there's so many years that we're talking about there so like a lot of of the really early stuff has been lost and so we have to rely on the knowledge of the fans that were alive then yeah to know like what happened in certain like time eras of different doctors which is kind of fun (laughs) 
but also really frustrating because it's like I want to see it for myself. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that's that can actually be pretty confusing when it comes to a lot of Doctor Who stuff. Um, when it comes to the incarnations, I asked before if they had ever specifically mentioned themselves in their incarnations. They have regeneration, not reincarnation. The word incarnation and regeneration is tossed back and forth on this page that was written by Doctor Who fans. Don't don't correct me. <laughs> um, so, uh, basically, the first time that it ever happened, uh, aside from the first Doctor, who basically said that he was the earliest incarnation of the Doctor, even though that might not have been true, because there's a theory that he that it's not the first Doctor, like it's not the first time that he's mm-hmm. been the way that he is. Um, but the fifth Doctor explicitly confirmed that he was then currently in his fifth incarnation. Um Later on, uh, the first Doctor, who ended up meeting the fifth Doctor somehow, uh, he can. The fifth Doctor confirms that there have been uh, there have been four other regenerations, and the first Doctor is like, "Oh, there are five of me now." <laughs> yeah. And so they had that going on, and apparently there were also some some retcons with the origin story, uh, specifically with the planet Gallifrey, which is where. Uh, the Doctor came from the Time Warrior in 1973 that episode uh, the origins said that the Doctor was was like described only as from a planet Gallifrey but then in the Timeless Children apparently in 2020 the Doctor was shown to be from another dimension or universe (laughs) Um, I haven't watched that one yet but yeah Chibnall um, he's maybe doing his own thing what about Chibnall what is going on with Chibnall hold on really quick before we move on I do want to toss out back with the like them like retconning stuff and all of that yeah remember how i said like they kind of randomly decided to do the regeneration thing just because hartnell happened to be sick sure and that's the only reason that the show is still alive today Mm -hmm. otherwise it would just be a classic tv show that ended with him they make stuff up as they go like they don't they don't pay any attention to what's been done before like they try but like a lot of classic who is just them winging it Uh which is why new who is like um the lore is very complicated (laughs) oh we have to decide on a rule now (laughs) and so like they try to keep things consistent but like since there was so much winging it Mm -hmm. early on people are like wait a second you didn't think of this episode yeah (laughs) anyway chibnall yes i wanted to know what about him is like because right now even if you like the the new jody whitaker who it doesn't seem anyone likes Chibnall at all. Chris Chibnall is currently the writer for Doctor Who. He came in at the same time as Jodie Whittaker. And a lot of people are upset because there was an original writer that had been working on the show for much longer. Oh, yeah. Showrunners. Yeah. And so what about Chibnall is c- causing him to become such an enemy of the state when it comes to <laughs> Doctor Who? So... um. Like I think I already mentioned, I'm not up to date with 13's episodes. I watched through like the first of her season, and so I'm going to switch to she pronouns since we're talking about 13. Sure. Um, so I've watched through the first season of 13's stuff, and then I think a few of her other episodes. Um, so like 
uh, not all of them, but maybe half that's currently out. Mm-hmm. Um, how to put it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very political now. Um, so one of the things with the doctor being a girl now is that I think a lot of people were nervous that it was going to be a political statement Yeah. with our current atmosphere of like gender, sexuality rights and stuff that they were going to make it, oh, the doctor's transgender <laughs> um, or like, you know, girl powers, like feminism and like make it into that instead of like, oh, look, the doctor turned into a girl oh well and just kind of let the doctor be the doctor sure um because if it was the doctor's just a girl and the doctor continues to be the doctor Mm -hmm. no matter what body okay like the doctor can be young um he can be old um I guess now the doctor can be a she or he (laughs) um and they kind of set the stage for that because other time lords that we've met in the show have also switched genders so they did set up that expectation that the doctor could potentially change genders Mm -hmm. um so the fact that they kind of called attention to the I'm a girl um aspect of the doctor becoming a girl like, they didn't do it super blatantly at first. Yeah. But then they kind of did. <laughs> like, they started to, every once in a while, be like, oh, now the doctor's included in this thing. Or um, having her, like, notice things that she wouldn't other notice. Like, it just... The doctor isn't acting like the doctor normally would like the doctor isn't the doctor at like <sighs> Jodie Whittaker is still a great actor or actress um and I still really like her portrayal of the doctor like there's moments where I'm like oh yeah like there's some great like doctor who right there yeah but then other times I'm like that's not the doctor at all <laughs> and I think it's just the writing Um, Because some doctors are blessed with amazing writing and some doctors don't get good writing and that determines how much people like them. Mm -hmm. And like I said, a lot of it is I think they have a political agenda that they're trying to push with the show Mm. because there's that expectation with like the doctor being a girl now that it's going to be like, ooh, feminism or ooh, uh sexual transgender rights yeah or something like that because all of a sudden we had an episode about like going back to make sure that rosa parks is able to sit on the bus where she's supposed to and um one that's exploring um like a racial war in some country i don't remember which one but like suddenly every episode felt like it was making a political statement yeah doctor who is not really a political show not at all 
it's supposed to be a fun, hey, look, aliens. Like, yeah. yes, uh, there is kind of a thinly veiled, the, I don't even know if it's thinly veiled. Um, <laughs> the Daleks are Nazis. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that's just, that's there. Um, and sometimes, like, some of the stuff that Daleks say, you're like, that sounds like a Nazi. And it's because, like, they are kind of inspired by Nazis. Mm-hmm. But they're alien Nazis. Um, and, like, the Daleks have more to them than that. Like, one, like, very basic historical hey, what if we pull out this, like, very in-depth evil human example, but then make it even worse Mm -hmm. and on a universal alien level where, like, it's foreign because there's something about it being human versus it being non-human that makes the fear of it different yeah and that's what like makes Daleks scary even though they have plungers as appendages is that they have very human characteristics at times Mm -hmm. even though they've been like torn down to like very basic things and so anyway back to (laughs) how political they've made it now and then, like, they're just not always respecting the lore or, like, they're making new lore. Um, Do you think that this is a problem that a lot of modern sort of productions are facing at the moment? Like, uh, yeah. age-old classics are getting new... It, it, like, they're getting new stories, but it seems like there's some sort of agenda behind it. I think yeah, a lot of people saw... Yeah, we're seeing that a ton. Like, all of the Disney films... They saw that with Star Wars. Like, the new, the new newest trilogy, people were thinking, okay, so you've made Rey who is a first of all a woman but more importantly a woman who is the most powerful like more powerful than Luke apparently and also n- knows everything like in the first movie I actually I was trying to watch it I actually now here's the thing I'm not really good at not finishing a movie mm-hmm. even if the movie sucks which I did watch a terrible movie recently that was just <laughs> awful you talked about it like all day it after was you watched it thing. it was so bad um, anyway on topic again Daughter of the Wolf don't watch it it's on Amazon <laughs> it's an Amazon original and it shouldn't be um, so <laughs> basically like with Star Wars uh, with Ray, I just I couldn't finish watching the first like episode seven i couldn't watch it i i got about halfway through and i was so annoyed with how it was written that i just mm-hmm. i turned it off now i loved han solo doing han solo things but they felt more like hey fans keep your eyes on the screen you might miss the action that you really want to see there were just so many things with the new yeah. trilogy that could have been done but they just didn't do it i think like a lot of franchises are taking that nostalgia and love for the franchise and using them to be like hey here's social issues that we feel like you care about it's like not everything needs to be about social issues but some people think that 
at it needs to. I know, and those people can be wrong. <laughs> it's okay, but it's like if you it, it, listen, if we make everything about social issues, then we're never going to have entertainment again. Entertainment is meant to be entertaining. It is not meant to mm-hmm. be educational twenty four seven. And even then, the education may or may not be wrong. So it's like we yeah. can't just pretend that. And the thing is, too. You have to pick a side when you talk about social issues. Yeah, and if you're on the wrong side and you happen to be a fan of that show, then you're you're kind of out of luck there because mm-hmm. now you have to watch your favorite show go in a direction that you don't agree with because especially if the show never had a vision to begin with like if it never had a social vision then you all of a sudden will have that sense of betrayal. Well yeah, it got kind of uncomfy for a little bit with the doctor suddenly being a girl not because it was like I was opposed to the doctor being a girl because like I had had that conversation years before like do you think the doctor could ever regenerate into a girl it's like well I don't think so I feel like you felt more betrayal when she didn't react to Rose oh yeah that Uh, that, I'm not gonna we're not gonna be able to get into that conversation I just wanted to set her off real quick (laughs) there's a lot of problems you guys should go and look into it yourselves they forgot the history anyway (laughs) like just not respecting the show and the fans Mm -hmm. to push agendas instead is I think an issue that we're seeing in a lot of things even down to kids shows Mm -hmm. like Frozen 2. Or <laughs> Arthur. Yeah. Um, but we're also seeing it in adult media where it's like Doctor Who. We're or, seeing it mostly in, do- in adult media. Yeah, mostly because adults are the ones who are like, you're not talking about yeah. the important And here's, here's an important thing to mention. If you are a fan and it goes in your direction and you are someone that agrees with what they're trying to push, that doesn't mean that the show is still good. Like, the show is still respecting what it's doing. You could say, oh, I'm so glad that the show is acknowledging this. But if the show is basing, or movie, or anything else is basing its ideology now around those social issues instead of what made the show the way that the show is, which if it was running for roughly 45 years now it's reaching its 60th anniversary I believe mm-hmm. if it's been running that long and you you suddenly see a shift in what this show cares about you have to realize that something about the soul is being lost yeah that's dangerous you're supposed to be using discernment mm-hmm. to choose what shows you watch and so if the root and heart of this show changes you have Mm -hmm. to discern it all over again whether or not it's still good for you Mm -hmm. because if it changes that means the people in control of it are wanting you to get different things out of it than before yeah and and the good news is is that like i wouldn't say that a show changing its its moral standings or shifting towards a more social outlook on its production i don't think that that's going to be necessarily harmful for you as a christian dear listener yeah Um, and it won't always be bad if a show changes no in general it's very much more tied into what we're talking about is more mental reactions to things uh earthly social interaction like uh, social issues that can sort of take away from what is a honestly a very worldly entertainment form factor but i mean that's the thing I don't think that it's something that should be messed with. Like, storytelling is such a pure thing. Mm -hmm. And if you have a show that's about social issues, sick. Let's do that. That's awesome. I love that idea. But if you're going to take a show that never had anything to do with social issues and then make it about social issues, that wouldn't make any sense. 
if I want a sh- sci-fi show about social issues, I'm going to go watch Star Trek. And everyone watches Star Trek. Or we already have a sci-fi show about social issues. And hey, Halo leave, is here now. <laughs> leave gonna... Doctor Who alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have some fun aliens. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have finally reached the end of season two of collateral creatives when are we coming back that's a really good question we're not entirely sure yet we have to work out some production uh, some production stuff make sure that everything is on board for season three the good news is we're probably going to have a couple special episodes uh so keep your eyes yeah (laughs) multiple uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hint what they are here just in case something happens sneaky sneaky. but keep your eyes on the board keep your eyes on on our yeah don't just forget about us yes keep us in your hearts you know but like always there but like god first like put god there first like jesus can hang out and he has give jesus the vip room and jesus is holding the collateral (laughs) yes yes jesus will sponsor collateral creatives this is this is the new thing that we are announcing we are officially being spawn this this episode is brought to you by jesus he loves you (laughs) we hope jesus sponsors us all right we hope you all enjoyed this wonderful time that we had together in this season going from winter into spring now about to finally get some sunlight it's actually the sun is coming out it's so as we're ending. it's so good i'm so happy we hope you all enjoyed our time and we hope that you learned something if you want to reach out to us you can still reach out to us at ccmoody22 at gmail.com we're still going to be keeping our eyes on the email to make sure that we're getting we'll as much as we can in from our you. hearts as well exactly we will never forget you dear listener <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you when we come back. Farewell.